welcome to the SBP podcast, The Voice of Mobile Film. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and guess what? You're listening to episode 64. Hey, it's so good to be back. We went from our film festival to opening film submissions for next year's festival, and then we, from that, we went to presenting mobile filmmaking at Comic Con in San Diego. And so we kind of needed a little bit of a break from our podcast, you know, in order to bring some other projects up to date. Um, anyways, we're back, and this episode is epic. There's a story that I think will inspire you. Now, we're taking you to Canada. Brian Vowles will share how he made an action film with his kids, Brandon and Dylan, and, and, and... It's kind of got that blockbuster feel. It's a great film. The link is on the notes. But you know what? It kind of runs long, so let's just go and talk to Brian. Welcome to the SBP podcast. This is going to be an epic conversation. Uh, we're glad to be back. This is episode 64. And I am here with the most epic director who happens to be in Canada. His name is Brian Vowles. Brian, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Where exactly in Canada are you? I am about an hour outside of Toronto. Ooh, very awesome. So you're, right now, I know it's very late for you. Um, but in comparison, it's very hot in San Diego. How's that? <laughs> it's pretty hot here, too. Oh, it's gosh. Brutal. Yeah. I don't speak American temperature, but I know it's, it's, it's so humid up here. We're just, we're getting killed up here. Yeah, we're all dying. Uh, speaking of dying... You made a <laughs> you made a film which uh, takes place after the apocalypse, after we're all dead. Um, yes. And uh, um, for our listeners, you probably have heard of this film because it's been making the rounds for about two years, I would say now, right? Um, on the uh, what, social attack? media. Yes. Uh, no, Robot Attack. I put it out. It was November nineteenth. November nineteenth year. Okay. Yeah, it's the launch date, yeah. Wow, November 19th. And so, you know, that's, let me see. That's, that's sorry, the the making of it, like the actual the episodes I was putting out, yeah. the, that took four years. Wow. You but know, the actual, it's been like, you know, on, on YouTube since, yeah, end of November last year. Wow, you are the, um, you, you're like doing Lord of the Rings or something here. Um, um, you're, you're like the Peter Jackson of Canada. (laughs) Um, your film, uh, and this is what I think is really epic. Um, so, so Brian made a film with two amazing actors and a huge crew of one who happens to be the father of these two amazing actors. Um, and their names are Dylan 
and Brandon, right? Yep. And they were just these, these well, they weren't babies, but they were very They're young. Five and six, maybe six and seven, I wow. think, when we did that. Such epic times. I remember when I was six, six and seven. Um, and I'm sure they will, too. Um, and your film, why don't you describe to our listeners just a, just a brief synopsis, maybe. I just thought it would be a cool concept to see because boys are boys are just dumb no matter what. Like no matter what the situation, they'll always do something incredibly dumb. And, I, and they're so oblivious. Like that's the one thing being a dad, I notice. I'm like, wow, you can like tell a kid something. You can totally yell at them for get them in trouble for something. And literally they forgot about it two seconds later. So I'm like, what would two kids be like? at the end of the world in a robot apocalypse, like they would still do all the dumb stuff that kids do. But at the same time, kids are super resourceful. You know, you see these kids on these cooking shows that are like eight years old and they're doing all these incredible things. Like they can be super smart, yeah. but they can also be super dumb and oblivious, which I thought was hilarious. So I thought I pitched it to them. I said, would you guys want to try and make a short film where you guys fight a robot at the end of the world? And they were, they loved the idea. So, and it's something I always wanted to do, just a chance to get better at visual effects and animation and compositing. And so we started, we started our three month project that turned into four year, four and a half years. You guys watch <laughs> uh, videos to get, I mean, not videos, but do you guys watch films like all, all kids do with their, their parents, like, you know, big robot movies or you know, action adventures and things like that? Yeah, it was weird when we started because, you know, I've got like 40 years of movies in my brain to kind of draw from. Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't understand anything. Like they were so young. So even things like, like if I told you to go into a building like a soldier with your gun drawn, you'd understand basically how you would move. But they didn't have any, any clue of any of that. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are so, you you're still watching Yo Gabba Gabba. Like you have no idea what, what you're supposed to be doing. So I would show them some stuff and slowly roll it out. But it's weird because a lot of those movies are kind of mature mm-hmm. and they were so young. So it was kind of just like showing them what they needed to see to kind of understand. But, uh, but not the whole movies, not the whole movies in a lot of cases. Yeah. But now, I mean, they're so, I think because of what I do for a living and because of they've seen the whole making of robot attack yeah. from what, from the design, from being on set, from planning it out, from storyboards, they get the process now and they really like movies. Like they can look at a shot and they'll be like, Oh, that's horrible. Like, that's <laughs> a good shot. They'll call it out now, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah. So it's, it's rubbed off on them for sure, which Whoa. is cool. And my older one, he's, he's really into it. Wow. So you, so we're, we're talking about, you know, so how old are they now? They are 10 and 12 now. 10 and 12. So they are now, so you said your, your old, your older one, which one, what's, what's, is he Dylan or Brandon? Uh, Brandon's the older one. Okay. So now Brandon is probably starting to think about maybe becoming a filmmaker himself or, or an actor or. Yeah, it's funny because like when Robot Attack was finished, I said, I'm never doing one of these ever again. I said it was too much time. It's a lot of extra money you're putting into it. I mean, you don't make any money making shorts, right? Right. 
and you're buying software and you're buying tutorials and I'm like, and it's just your time. It's like, if, even if you're not working on it, yeah. you're working on it. It's just always in your head. So I said, I'd never do another one. And then he actually came up to me. He's like, do you think we'll ever do another one? And I was like, are you serious? Like, do you actually want to do one of those again? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. So I mean, it's no lack of ideas. So I started talking with him about it. And it's, it's a funny thing. Like you make the first one kind of as a joke. Yeah. Not so <laughs> jokes, the wrong word. It's like, I always wanted well, to Well, I know, it. but you wanted to, it was more of an experiment, right? Yeah. Just to, to see if, if I could actually do it. Yeah. And then once it's done and it went out and it got kind of, it got pretty good response and people enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, I've, there's no lack of more. Should I make another one? I mean, I still got all these ideas up here. So anyway, he kind of pitched the idea to me that it'd be fun to do it again. And I didn't, I didn't want to be one of those dads that's, you know, like dragging their kid to hockey practice at 6am going, you know, do this, do that. I didn't want to make, you're so committed now get through it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Be an actor. (laughs) But he, he brought it up. And so, yeah. So when this 60 second challenge thing came up, he was he was super into it. So yeah, I think he's, I could see him. I mean, right now he likes the whole process. He's really into it. He likes talking about shot and composition and he's really into that. So I could see him getting into some type of thing like that. My other son, the little one, Dylan, yeah, he thinks it's too stressful. <laughs> you know, he wants to be a chef, mm-hmm. which is funny because he's never been in a kitchen. If he ever stood in a kitchen, <laughs> that's a that's a different definition of stress (laughs) well especially yeah especially if you're a chef it's one thing (laughs) if you're cooking for the family right yeah I think he thinks being a chef is making eggs on Sunday morning oh nice nice and slow not for a hundred people with you know a hundred people yelling at you right and then again that's kind of the film industry um when um you know you were just saying you know, you don't make money on shorts. And I'm and in my head, I'm thinking, well, you don't. not everybody makes money on features either. <laughs> you know, that's true. Uh, some people. But, you know, it takes a special kind of people. And you said you've, you've listened to my podcast. And I don't know if you've listened to me before saying that I really my heart is with the filmmakers and the crew, the actors, the people that make these movies happen, whether they make money or not. Um, mm-hmm. they are very special people. And, um, when, you know, we were just joking about being committed, but we do get committed no matter what we knock ourselves out to, to make these things happen. And that's the magic I think of movie making. Well, it's like a sickness, like so many, <laughs> okay. so many times during it, I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why, why am I doing this? Like right now. Robot Attack started with one shot in my head, and it was the shot of him running through the legs and throwing the bomb up. That was kind of the first image I had of it. And then it just all kind of spilled out from there. So I have another, a lot of these other ones, and I'm like, oh, my God, every one of these thoughts is just going to blossom out and spread into this massive spider web of <laughs> complexity. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, why would we sign up for this? And I talk to my friends about it all the time, like, like, I wouldn't want to be a millionaire for making short. It would be amazing if you could figure out a way to just get paid to make it. True. Not make any money from it, but just so that you're not working your day job to pay for making shorts. You know what I mean? Right. That would be the dream. Like, to just make 
Yeah, I don't know how you become a professional short maker. I guess, what, make music videos? I don't even know if they make those anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is that the, the, the whole industry is changing. And, and a lot of mm-hmm. it has to do with streaming now. Yep. And um, I think short, I mean, I, I see film festivals coming out with like 15 seconds and, you know, and things like that. And I'm like, my God, how can you even tell a story? But then again, you could tell a story with a picture, you Mm know? Um, And, but I still think you need at least a minute, you know, to, to, to do something that, that is memorable in some way. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, you, you know, I do want to talk about that. You just made this other film that is one minute. Now the first film you made was, five the was shot on the 5s and then this yes. next one was shot on the in the xr the first one uh you did and we're going to share a link with you guys with the um with our audience um or listeners um right you're going to let us do that oh for sure <laughs> um, more the merrier yeah and um so there's all these things that i want to talk about um so this this new one that you made it was is it's a one minute film and it's all in full color. I mean, it just, why aren't your films on Netflix is what I really want to give a shout <laughs> yeah. out to the Netflix people. Like, <laughs> you guys are so missing out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when I started watching your first film, uh, Robot At- Attack, right? Mm-hmm. That one is over 15, over um, 11 minutes. It's like 11 minutes and a half or something, right? And yeah. I'm going, you know, Netflix should put out i know they have some shorts there but and they and i think when they first started out they had more but they need to do this they need to have like maybe a session of just a few different shorts like they they have right now the one about the the robots and all these things uh i don't know if you're familiar with netflix but they have one where they have these short a short sequence of of films they're adults adult films but oh that the love death and robots yes and did you you see that incredible yeah they're they're so good um and so they could do something like this with someone like you it's like one filmmaker you know they pay you (laughs) you know they they can already see what you could do you and your kids and then they pay you and then we're i know i'm i sound like i'm fantasizing but these are viable good ideas um because you're an animator right yeah, well, yeah, my career started, and I've come to this whole filmmaking thing through a very backwards kind of, like, because I wanted to be an animator first. So when I when I was a kid, it was all stop motion. So I watched all the old Ray Harryhausen movies and Clash of the Titans and Seven Voyages Sinbad and all that. And my mom used to rent them from the library. You used to be able to get uh, the old Harryhausen movies on eight millimeter yeah. from the library. Wow. So we had a little projector and then she would just project them on the wall and they didn't even have sound. So I would just watch like the big monster sequences. It would be like, (laughs) you know, just (laughs) the projector. But I would watch those over and over and over again. And I'm like, so I always wanted to do something with creatures. Hmm. And then Jurassic Park came out and ruined my mind forever. (laughs) I I think I was 17 that summer when it came out or 16. First, it was Terminator 2 the summer before, and I'm like, that blew my mind. Then Jurassic Park, that blew my mind. And then all the stuff that came out after that just blew my mind more and more and more. I'm like, I need to get into this, you know? So then I started, I I got into animation school in 97, 
And uh, it took a long time. I was waiting a lot of tables. And then I finally got my first like animation job in 2003 in Toronto. Hmm. And that's just working on kids series. Wow. So, and so I've just been animating on children's series. And then I went to visual effects for a little bit, but I never worked. I was always an, mostly an animator. Yeah. Like that's why I wanted to do robot attack because I never got to build robots. I never got to do the texturing and the lighting and the cinematography. I, that's all stuff I got to do on robot attack that I didn't get to do in my day job. Cause in my day job, it was just create performance. That's your job. And then you go home and then it gets handed to the next person down the line. Yeah, you're so, in the you were in the post production process in a way. I mean, you're in yeah. pre production, but you're also in the post production, and you're partially in the production process because they are planning around what you're going to end up doing. Yeah, well, an, yeah, animation's weird because it's it's pre production, post production, <laughs> pre viz. They're all in the computer. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I've only ever got to go on one set because there was a time before I actually made it into animation. I was I was so sad because it just wasn't oh, happening. Yeah. It took about five years to, to get my break. And a buddy of mine who's an actor, he was like, I can get you a job being a PA on a, on a set. Just maybe go out to a set and see what it's all about. You're not really in the film business if you don't start out in PA. I just want to say that. <laughs> But it was weird because I went like I went out there and I saw it and I was like, I don't know if this is for me. It was a Gatorade commercial. And they shot it. It was when Vince Carter was a Raptor way back. This is how long ago. I'm, I'm not into basketball, but I knew he was a big deal at the time. <laughs> and they had this huge motion control camera set up there and all these green screens. And that was super cool. But the. I don't know. It seemed like everyone I met on the set that day, they're like, oh, yeah, I've got this great idea for this pitch. I'm doing this thing and I'm doing this and I've got all this thing going. And I'm like, well, how long have you been doing this? He's like, oh, 12 years. Wow. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It just seemed like it, it seemed like it'd be a great place to go for a year to understand how a set works yeah. and then go on to do your own thing. It seems like it'd be very easy to get stuck in that job for a long time. It's true. Yeah, and it, it just wasn't my thing. I'm like, you know, I, I love creating stuff. Like I made the joke to my buddy. He's like, did, what did you think of the film set? And I said, it just, I felt like a mover, but there was cameras around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just a lot of standing around. And that part to me was not like how I thought it would be. Right. Yeah. So and and everybody, everybody has their own part to play. And there, there is, especially on a big set, uh, independent yeah. filmmaker is a little bit more, um, creative for everybody because everybody pitches mm-hmm. in. Well, yeah, it's just like everyone's just, you're just running for your life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it was, it was really good. Like, Robot attack was really good to, to show me. Cause like, like I said, I understood the post part. I understand how to break up shots and do that stuff, but just the logistics with us, just me and the kids, the amount of effort it took to load the van and get out to a location and set up a shot only to have the sun and the clouds, the clouds separate. And now it's sunny. And you're like, oh, my God, I have no control over out here. <laughs> I have no control over anything, which is part of the reason it took so long. And part of the reason, like making an animated short in the computer would be amazing because it's 100 percent control over everything. True. But everything takes so like animation is just painfully slow, even and I'm fast at it and it's still slow. 
you know, like when we shot run, we were under a bridge for three hours and we came home and, and I had a cut. Like if I tried to do that in the computer, I'd still be building the bridge in 3D. Then I'd be texturing the bridge. I'd be building the kids. I'd be building the drone, the water, the dust, then doing the lighting. Like it's to just to be able to get something in your head, go yeah. out with your phone, point it and be like, oh, my God, this is just like how I pictured it in my head. And, and to be able to bring it into your computer and actually make it a part of your animation project. Yeah, it's crazy. Because it's crazy that you can do and, and in 4K. Right. <laughs> it just blew my mind. Like there's one shot I shot in 4K at, at 60p and that was the shot of him blinking. Wow. Right before the attack where the drone comes in. Because when I originally I wanted to have the reflection of the drone in his eye. So I shot it super big, but I just I couldn't get the shot to work and I ran out of time. Mm. But I'm like, what planet are like I live in the future. I'm shooting it. 4k 60p on on my phone like wow like i was amazed back in robot attack like four years ago when it was i had my moondog lens on there and it was shooting like you know 2k like a wide 2k and i'm like how is this possible <laughs> it's the future it's, it's such an amazing time we are in an amazing time but you know what else is amazing is that so so we have you know, the mobile film industry, we have the film industry itself, right? Uh, where, you know, you have to have some sort of a, some sort of funding or something because you, you have a big budget. You were talking about the film set. You have a crew. Uh, you have all these pieces to put together. And here we are. It's 2019. We're just about to hit 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And here is a dad with a fun concept. Uh, you get together with your kids, you build it with your kids, and you go out. And, and in a way, it's like you're playing, let's make a movie, right, with, oh, with sure. your two kids. And you go out there with your phone. You don't have to answer to, you know, investors. <laughs> you don't... Nope. You didn't have to do a, you know, Kickstarter campaign and give and promise people anything. You just out there with your two kids. It's either going to happen or not going to happen like, you know, pro any project that you do with your kids. And you made this wonderful thing happen. And now you have it. It's in the can. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's a forever thing. And I just I want to ask you something. Had anyone told you when when you're when you were a kid? that when you were a dad that you would get to do something like this would you have even thought this would be possible oh no no way like i remember trying to make little films with like we had a kid on our street who had a eight millimeter camera and we also wanted to try and make like ninja movies because ninja movies were huge in the 80s and you could never get the you could never get the camera he would never let a bunch of kids borrow his camera like no way <laughs> and even if you could, you could never pay to develop it as a kid. <laughs> you know, now now the, the phones have apps. My kid, he can go out. He shot. He shot like a little trailer because I think iMovie has like a little trailer app. Yeah. Where it basically tells you what chunks you need to and it puts music in it. So, I mean, the tools are. That's amazing. Like way back in 2002, I had this like I was saying, I was having my, my crisis there with animation and I'm like, you know, I want to I want to make a movie. 
So there was a, a camera called the Canon XL2, and it was so expensive. And I got a loan from the bank, and I bought it. And I'm like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I don't even know why. I guess this itch has been in the back of my head for a really long time. It's weird. I just keep ignoring it and animating, but it always keeps coming back around. You know, there are stories, and I've and I've known people that have said, I took a second mortgage on my house to get a camera because I had this burning thing that I wanted to be a filmmaker, believe it or not. No, no I totally believe it. I mean, yeah. it's it's not... It's not smart, but I believe it. <laughs> so, but I picked this thing up and at the time it was shooting on uh, mini DV tape and it was like those. seven, yeah, 720 by 480. I think it could shoot 960 by 480. And at the time that was like, it had this big lens on it. It looked more like a rocket launcher. It was like the coolest camera ever. What would become later the iPhone 4? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that time... There's like, there's no HD. HD was like something on the, I remember walking into the Sony store and I saw the first HD TV and I was like, oh my God, like HD. Like, <laughs> it's like looking through a window. It's so realistic. It's, it's ridiculous. Like who's ever going to want that much resolution? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life, you know? And yeah. not, I, I would say fast forward, but it wasn't even fast forward. It's like two years later. Uh, I think Sony released that HDX or whatever. Like that was one of the first cameras that shot in HD. Yeah. And it's like thousand dollars. Um the actual actually Sony came out with the first 4K smartphone too. Oh my god. Yeah. 4K. Yeah. It's the whole thing is crazy. You know, I think I was born at a good time because I really saw I mean from the effects and animation point of view. I, I think I saw the very best of the end of the stop motion era with mm -hmm. Ray Harryhausen and Clash of the Titans. And then the birth, I was born at the birth of Star Wars. Wow. Right. So that all that stuff, I grew up with all those and all the monster movies through the 80s and then into the early 90s, all the CGI explosion to where we are today. It's like I've seen the whole. The progression. Yeah. It's like the turn of the century type of a thing, but um, with technology. Well, that's well, imagine, imagine like taking robot attack like 20 years ago and showing it to someone. It would oh. be like, what? There <laughs> like, were like, yeah. Like a CG character. Like you think, I'm not sure. I think robot attack has, I think, 207 shots in it. Hmm. You know, I think the first Jurassic Park movie has like, it's, it's like 30 shots, like CG dinosaur shots. Wow. It's not a lot. I don't know the exact numbers, but the, the actual numbers, because it was just so expensive to produce back then. You know, and now here we are. You can do it. I was making a joke yesterday to a friend of mine. I'm like, I, I made a call on my phone the other day and it felt so weird. Because <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, this thing makes calls, too. I don't do I never call anyone on my phone. I've made a joke like that in one of my my speaking events when I, you know, we're all talking about, you know, the camera and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, and by the way, you can make calls, too. <laughs> yeah, seriously, play Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, there's that great picture. It was like uh, it shows like a tabletop. And it's like 1980 and it's got like the boom box and a game of Scrabble and a big like shoulder mount VHS camcorder. And 
a Simon and a Rubik's Cube. It's got all this stuff on the table. And at the table next to it, it's like 2019. It's just an iPhone. <laughs> it's like... I could try and find that picture. It's everything like, oh, goes yeah, away. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if you're a flashlight manufacturer. Oh, you're, you're, you're going to be out of bed. Well, you know, uh, talking... Talking about this, you know, it's a really, it's, it, we're, you know, everybody calls it a a revolution and I, you know, okay, you can call it a revolution, but it is an evolution in in the, in the film industry all the way around, not just with the camera. But what's, Mm -hmm. what's happened is, um, back when I first started this, people were, there were, I don't know if you remember back in 2008, 2009, 2010, where everybody was, um, writing articles is it just a a trend are smartphones really going to be are they here to stay and things like that and I was like are you kidding me why do you I mean we're talking about first we're talking about communication right it's that Mm -hmm. that phone we're always going to need a phone we we want you know you've got kids right so if something should happen with your kids somewhere the first thing, I mean, we learned that in 9-11, the first thing you want to do is you want to hear their voice inside your ear, you know, close mm-hmm. to you. Um, so we want a phone, being able to take it anywhere. Then we want a camera. We want a camera. We remember when those little digital cameras came out, you, everybody had one. But that was <laughs> two items to have to take out. So to put those two things together, just those two things, be able to make a call and take photos. Um, it was, it it was a matter of just someone, you know, who was manufacturing these things and putting those two things together because that's what it would take for this item to last forever. You know, there are the watches, you know, there were iPods. I don't even know where iPods are anymore, but there were all these things and now we've got them all in a phone. So you go out the door, you don't need your wallet anymore. You don't need a pen. You don't need a notebook. You don't need games. You don't need your camera. You don't need flashlights. Like you said, you don't need anything. All you need is your phone. Oh, it's crazy. I love it. And the, the battery on this thing, too, just absolutely blows my mind. Like when we made the last one, yeah. battery was a battery and storage was such an issue, mm-hmm. especially when we shot in the cold <clears throat> because mm-hmm. we shot a bunch of the stuff like in early – early March is still pretty cold up here. Yeah. And you'd go out and the battery would be dead in like 20 minutes. Like it would just, just die or the camera would just fill up. Cause I think it was like a 16 gig. Now the new one is like 64 gig drive and the battery was insane. Like I didn't even on the last one, I'd have to keep shutting it off between setups. Yeah. But in this one, I just left, I just left it on the whole day and I still had power at the end of the three hours. It's crazy. And granted, it's a new phone, but still, it's like a huge, huge improvement. Yeah, I think you and I have the same. You have the XR, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the same one. I finally got one. I used to shoot everything um, on my 4S and I had a 6S, but it was only it was still only 16 gigs. It wasn't good enough to shoot hardly mm-hmm. anything on so i would i was still shooting in with a 4s but it was hd and most of everything i would put online anyways um mm-hmm. but you know um some of the first films that were shot you know from my film festivals and everything back in the beginning were shot with an iphone 4 
And even with 720 resolution, um, if someone brought it into the computer and did a little touching up and things like that, you could, they'd still play wonderfully in a full cinema 60-foot screen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you can tweak them. It's it's crazy the stuff you can do in the computer yeah. to, to fix stuff. Like I had, there's, there's one shot in Run. It was that, the zoom, like that kind of crash zoom into them as they turn to look at the drone. Mm. And that was totally out of focus because it's so hard to tell. Like I've never used a real camera, like a black magic camera or like a real, like a Canon or a Nikon. Right. So I don't know what those cameras operate like. I'm assuming better, yeah. you know, but the, the focus, I mean, it looked on focus that day, but I couldn't tell Then I got home. The bridge in the background was like razor sharp, Ah. but, but then the kids were kind of out of focus. So I'm like, okay, you know, visual effects to the rescue, cut, cut the kids out, sharpen them, and then use the mask to cut, to blur out the background to kind of switch it, do like a fake depth of field to kind of fix it. But I mean, you could do anything in the computer. It's not a lot of, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, not everybody has the skill of doing that. Like, like you have, you know, um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is amazing, but, but, but go on, go on. (laughs) This is so interesting. Well, if you look at the end of robot attack, um, a lot of people don't know that all those tree shots are visual effects because it took us 10 weeks to film that sequence, the battle sequence at the camp. So by the time I had finished, all the trees had grown. Right. So we started in the spring. There was, it was very apocalyptic and there were no leaves. But over the course of the next you know, two and a half months, the place looked like Jurassic Park. So I had to replace all the backgrounds with we went back in the, the following winter and I filmed the, the backgrounds from a similar point of view. So I could just get a clean background plate with no leaves. And then I cut the I cut the kids out of the spring footage and then put them back into the new footage. <laughs> It was super tedious, but it was one of those things. It's like, you got to do it. It just added so much to the, and it was weird when you watch the original cut, you can see the trees like grow between shots. <laughs> There's yeah, literally no. I just think it's so awesome. Minutes. I was a script supervisor. So continuity was, was really important. It was kind of my job. And I remember so many times that somebody would say, that's okay. They can fix it in post. And I would just give them the look of like, are you nuts? <laughs> you know, like, do you know how much, first of all, how that, how that doesn't always work, but also how much that costs and how much, you know, work you're putting on somebody when all you need to do is switch this or cheat that on yeah. the set. <laughs> yeah, Put the camera over here and save $200,000. Yeah. But you're talking about, you know, you seeing that with all the other things that are on your mind, you're like a hero on set, you know, because I mean, you've got all these things on your mind, you know, you got your kids and I'm sure just having, having to deal with kid actors is already kind of, you know, epic in that sense. Spielberg. What is it? Kids, animals and water. Like right? the things you're supposed to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're thinking, Oh, the tree line isn't going to match. You know, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> So, well, it was. I didn't notice it at first. I kind of was like, like just some that that whole thing was a really good exercise in in pain, <laughs> and it, it gave me a 
just a, a little petri dish view of what it must be like to work on a Lord of the Rings yeah. or something when you have that many moving parts. Yeah. You know, you just got to taste that like, wow, there is no control. Like, how do you how do you gather the universe to be completely in sync in front of this camera at this moment in time? Like, it's so many things have to happen to make it work. It's a miracle that anything gets made. Well, they hire people like you. <laughs> it's it's crazy. A lot of in these big epic films, when so many things, they can't depend on that. It has to be CGI. Yeah, but even something like, like go back to Titanic, you know, like that yeah. is a real ship that was built, well, half a ship, and you've got hundreds of extras in life jackets and action, and now now the plate thing's going to catch on fire, and people are all going to jump off into the water, and you're just like, how, you're, we're going to recreate one of the worst shipping disasters in history, like, it's crazy. Well, did you ever see the making of that movie? They did use a lot of CGI yeah. in that scene. And um, the one one that I saw that was really incredible was Braveheart with Mel Gibson. Mm -hmm. I think that was the name of the movie. Um, where um, they were talking about they had a few hundred, you know, warriors online. And then from that, they built on them and created thousands in mm -hmm. this battle you know, this huge battle. And I thought, you know, because you can't control everything, you know. But we're, again, to, to our listeners, we're talking about a film that was shot with an iPhone, you know. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and we are actually, which I think is it's just a testament to this, we're comparing it to films that are millions of dollars, billions in some cases of dollars on a budget. You know, and we're talking mm -hmm. about a, a, a movie that was shot with an iPhone by a dad and his two kids. <laughs> with a huge budget of nothing. Right? <laughs> right? Did you have to bring gummy bears? What did you do? How did you? Yeah. <laughs> we, we packed lunch a couple times. It was good. The kids look back on it and they have a good, they have, they've got good memories of it. But it must be, I always think it must be weird for them because it was so long ago, like in their life. Oh, it yeah. wasn't long for me, but I mean, you remember how long summer vacation used to be. Right. So imagine like you worked on something four years ago for them. That's almost half a lifetime ago for them. Of course you they're like, I mean? let's do it again, dad. Well, that's why run was good because we, like I said, it's only, it's only 60 seconds and it had a due date. So it's like, let's just go. So we had. Yeah, eight days to do it. So, and I learned a lot on how to work quicker and smarter the, so, um, from the last one. So, yeah, the kids were super gung-ho to get in there and get dirty and use makeup, and it was good. And your sound on that film is even is even more um, incredible, too. You have really good sound on that one. Thanks. Yeah, that was... Um, well, I knew it was the sound because we're underneath a highway. It's like one of the big highways here in Ontario. It's the 401, and it's just loud. So I knew any of the audio that we got was going to be brutal, especially through the phone. Like I had one of those road mics that I bought for the for Robot Attack. Okay. But then when you get the XR, it doesn't have the same jack. No. So you, so you I... can't even plug in. I was just like, ah, oh, wah, wah. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, great. So I was like, you know what? The... I knew the drone, I knew the sound of the jet that I wanted to have. I knew it was going to be that super loud, just like deafening jet engine sound. I'm like, you know, what? that'll, with the time we have, 
I'm not going to have time to go in there and, you know, do the clothes rustling and like a really deep detailed sound mix. I'm like, I'll just have this thing just blowing the jet engine and that'll be it, you know, and then just some other stuff here and there. And all those, I just got off pond five. I don't know if you're familiar with the site, but they like stock footage and stock images. So like the opening scene with the river. Yeah. Like I just wanted to have like that babbling brook sound, just a calm before the storm. So you're like, Oh, this is nice. And then just punch right into it. So I'm like, you know, go to pond five and I'm like babbling brook. And then a bunch of babbling brook sounds come up and you're like, Nope, Nope, Nope. That one sounds too deep. That one sounds too fast. That one sounds too cold. And then you find one and it was like five bucks. So you download it and <laughs> off you go. And then even their running, like their footsteps in the water, it was like running in a stream. You punch that in, comes up, there's one for five bucks, buy it. And I just kind of built it like that because I don't have like sound, sound recording equipment. I'm not going to record sound better than the people that recorded the sound and sold it. Right. We need to keep those guys employed anyways. <laughs> No, those resources are incredible. They are. Like and even, sorry, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say was, okay, so you had this, uh, you know, people should be, what is your Twitter account? Give it a shout out for people, in, you know, so that they can follow you there. Uh, it's just at Brian Bowles. Okay. Very boring across all social things. And I just joined Instagram just beca- because of this competition Part of the rules where you had to submit progress through Instagram, but I didn't have an account. I was like, how many more places do you need to like yell about your stuff? You know, it just gets to the point where you're just like, you know, the people who care, they'll find me over on Twitter. But it's been fun since I've been over on Instagram. I do like it. It's it's growing on me for sure. There are three places that I consider you must go on because not everybody is on Twitter. Not everybody is on Instagram. Not everybody is on Facebook. But if you hit those three, you, you probably hit everybody because most everybody has at least one of those. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I was saying that is because you had a photo of the spaceship or, you know, uh, jet fighter, whatever you want to call that thing, um, in your from this last movie you made. And it was like a toy. But then you added the sound and put it in the scene and it is heavy duty, the real thing. And I just, you know, I want to tell people this because uh, a lot of times, especially when you're working on the video part, you're thinking visual, but video is audio and and, and the visual, basically. And people forget that. And I think it's really important for people to see something like that with and follow you and follow the progress or even going back to your tweets where you were sharing these things or Instagram, whatever, and see the process that you had. Uh, with this so that they can see you can literally take a toy and make this epic incredible real thing and when you put it inside of 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 that story that you had with that um even though it was only 60 seconds and and it's basically a scene right Mm -hmm. um it's incredible it's like something you know you were talking about star wars i'm thinking battlestar galactica and you name it any any film that you that you go and watch in a big theater or on netflix whatever netflix if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) 
gotta get this guy. <laughs> gotta get his the series. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, definitely it's an incredible thing that you can do on your iPhone. And then you you know, so like I said, you you started with the 5S and then now you've done this one minute thing on the XR. Man, and that is in full color, high quality sound, high quality visuals. I mean, there is no difference. You can't see. I'm. I was watching that as short as it is, and I'm going. I want more. I want to see more of that. You know, I wanted. I wanted the whole movie. Like I wanted. I could have watched a feature film with you and your kids doing that. Well, there's more. There's definitely more. I mean, I I've been starting to get more into writing lately because, like, I don't. I think I'm. I'm not done with animation because I love effects and I love that thing. But I'm like, am I going to be that like? grumpy old man at the back of the animation studio in a couple of years, you know, surrounded by 20 something year old kids. I think I just, it's time to look into other things. And, you know, with, with the reception, these first two got, it doesn't seem as crazy an idea as it used to. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not going out there and just getting panned by people. People are like, Oh, this doesn't suck that bad. So it's like, okay, well maybe I could go do something like that. So I picked up a copy of final draft and I've been kind of, looking into that and listening to a lot of stuff on writing. And I do have one that I want to do with, again, it's with the kids, but it's dark. It's dark. It's not like, cause I said to Brandon, like, you know, like the stuff we've made so far is kind of goofy yeah. and fun, but the one I want to make is, is not. <laughs> and I'm like, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be cool because you, you don't really get to put kids in those situations. I think it's instant, instant drama when you see a kid suffering. You know, yeah. you're, it's, it's like your heart just goes out to them. You just right away. So there is, there's something I'm working on for that. Now the beginning of the beginning come. of robot attack, it, it does start out dark though, you know, True. and it starts out like a, a feature film. I mean, you're taking, which I love by the way, because you're taking your time with the, you have really good cinematic um, shots there the cinematography on it is great because you've got all these cool angles and you're, you strung them together into this flowing, the, the opening scenes, right. Setting up the scene of what's to come next. You're setting up your story that way. And I think that one, you know, the, the entire beginning of it before you get into the action is, is really trippy. It's, it's like, wow, this is, where's the popcorn, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Why let like I'm a huge fan. Like the road. I don't know if you've seen the road, yes. but that's like one of my that's like one of my favorite movies. The, the right? dad I just and the love, kid, right? Yeah, yeah. I love how dark that. Like the end of the world just fascinates me. That subject. Me too. And <laughs> and I I just think I don't know. I think we've had a pretty good run. A lot of times I think like there's only so much longer this can go, and the 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 apocalypse not so much interesting me is is not as interesting to me, but those weeks when things start falling apart, yeah, I think is, is fascinating to me. I, I love, I love that. So when you see the road and you see how bad it gets and how, like, what would you do? You know, what would you do if, if everything ended, you know? So in the, the beginning of robot attack, it's that shot you're talking about the real close up on their face. Yeah. It was a really tough one. Cause it's, you know, we're in such an edit heavy culture. It's really hard to hold on a shot for, you know, 10 seconds seems like an eternity nowadays. It's true. You know, it's like people like 
you're playing your short and right above your short is everyone's favorite bookmark. It's like six inches away, (laughs) you know, know? like, are they going to stay? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to make the movie that I want to see because after this first shot, like if I think if you can see the kids in their eyes up close and you can get that moment where you go, Oh my God, they're so cute. Mm. And if you can care for them, then the rest of it will work, you know, but if the movie, if it just went into an action right off the bat, if there was a bunch of shooting and stuff happening, you don't, you haven't seen what they've gone through. I think when you see them like sitting in the tunnel freezing and just trying to make the best of the situation, it's endearing. So when the battle actually starts to happen, you, you're rooting for them. You know, you're a bit more invested. That's storytelling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah, no, that I mean, that is, I mean, you have a beginning and a middle and, and, and then you have the end and the end was hilarious, by the way, too. <laughs> but the end, that again, yeah. that going back to what I've seen before, that's yep. boys. Yeah. Like literally like uh, just dodging a near death experience and be like, hey, dude, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> And the, and the world like. continues for us, so we're a, hey, we're we're good, you know. Exactly. I loved it. It's kind of trippy because that's like your story with them too. It's like we made this movie, we got it into you know, like you said, you attended that film festival with them and everything. Um, you've won awards, right? You won a few awards. Uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah, and and you've got your laurels and posters and you've got this wonderful memory. And anytime you want to, I'm sure you have like maybe a big screen TV or something there. Um, and anytime you want to or when they got their friends over or whatever, hey, check out this movie my dad and I made, you know, we made with our dad, you know, check out this kid with your friends that I made with my kids. You know, that's pretty epic. Um, it's pretty cool. I think, I think the real treat is going to be years from now. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, I don't know how old you are, but for me, like my childhood seems almost like, uh, it's like mythical, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like talking about like Henry the eighth, like you have a couple <laughs> pictures from birthday parties and it, it seems so much more mysterious, but our kids now, everything is so well documented. Yeah. You know, but like, I don't have footage of me. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to see myself in robot attack as a six year old boy at my age. It would be mental. So to be able to for them when they're their age or no, when they're my age and their kids are like being able to see them in that. I think it's going to be epic. That's going to be that's going to be a good Christmas. And we'll be like, hey, guys, (laughs) (laughs) you want to see what your you want to see what your dad was like when he was seven. (laughs) And they're going to go, Grandpa. Can we do that too? <laughs> if they're not doing it already. Yeah, I'll be like, with their I'm own too kids. old. <laughs> I don't know. Steven Spielberg is still out there making movies. Um, you know, I, I think I, you know, I think to be quite honest with you, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do the, this podcast is because I'm really inspired by what you did. And, I know that right now, you know, right now this isn't like a live show, but as soon as this this gets out, um, people are going to listen to this. And there are other dads or moms out there um, who have kids or maybe they've got a couple of 
you know, neighbors with some kids that they, you know, they babysit for. It doesn't matter. Maybe you got nephews, whatever it is. And you're going, you know what? I want to, I want to make a movie with these kids because I want you to answer something for me and, and maybe tell our audience, do you think this entire project brought you closer to your kids and your kids closer to you? Oh, for sure. For sure. It was, um, like it started off as a goofy thing, but the bigger it got, I mean, it, it, like there were no like high stakes, but it felt like, you know, we had invested so much time and for their, their little bodies and their little ages, they, they put in a lot of work. Like they had to put those costumes on and we did take after take after take. And we went out there and we loaded up the van and they helped carry equipment. And I think it was, it was, uh, it was one of those things where they were like, you know, like Karate Kid, like wax on. They were like learning without knowing they were learning. <laughs> yeah. You know, learning how much work it takes to make something cool. If you want to make something cool that you're proud of, it's going to take a lot of work. Anyone can make garbage quickly. But if you want to make something cool that you're proud of, it's it's going to take a long time. And they saw it. They saw how much work was involved. And I think that's why when we came around the second time, there was way less. Why? Why are we going to do like they're older, but they get it. Like what we're trying to do. Like, okay. Like even they would even say, okay, I didn't do that right. Okay, let's do it again. Okay, go. Like they they get why we're trying to do it. I think that was the best thing. Just, you know, it was a team effort. It was a tiny team, but I mean, they all got to contribute. I didn't want to turn it into like my project. Like even Dylan named it. Dylan chose Robot Attack in the in the first episode. You can see he's like, let's call it Robot Attack. And that stuck right through to the end. You know, so they're proud of it. I think it's it's good. They got to show it in their classes to their friends. And actually, Dylan didn't because he was a bit young. But Brandon, he got to show it in his class. And all. they got to be king for a day, which is really nice. <laughs> and but, yeah, I think anything you get to do like that. I mean, if you can combine your passion and, and you know, just stuff you're into with your family. I mean, that's that's win win. You know, I think it's good for the kids to see you into something for sure. Yeah, I think I think that that is a confusing time for young people to be coming up. Like, I don't think I'd want to be growing up now. Yeah. I mean, it's there's it's just too much everything. You know, it's it's weird. There's too much saturation and just too much stories about people doing better than you. You know, there's two. Oh, this guy's an overnight success. You always hear about the overnight success, but they they don't tell you about the you know the thousands of hours of you know of research and practice and all the bombs, all the box office bombs, or all the whatever that happened before the success. But you I did remember- teach you did teach your kids something with this, and that is you. Well, I wouldn't say. Well, even though, yes, you did teach them, but they gained self-confidence through this because you guys did it. Yeah, that was actually one of the, when we started this, uh, my wife, I I said to her, I said, like, I think this will be good for Brandon, the older one, because he was the one who wants to act now. Mm. He was super shy, like painfully shy. And when we started recording the episodes, he was very kind of quiet before we even got to shooting any footage. But I started posting the episodes and then he, he started seeing himself on the TV and he'd watch them in YouTube. And then as the show, if you watch them, like, I mean, it's a lot to watch. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if you go back and watch some of the episodes, you can start to see like he'll start kind of chiming in and like 
taking little shots at me and because we're a super sarcastic family. <laughs> so he'll start taking little pop shots at me for off camera and really kind of coming out of his shell, nice. you know. So you're right. It was it was a good, again, learning without really without saying, here, we need to get you in front of a crowd and break you out of your shell, you know, so you can be an extrovert when you grow up. I'm like, let's just go pretend you're shooting robots and see what happens. <laughs> your kids are a part of this. You know, without them, yeah. you couldn't have, if they would have said to you in the middle of this, no, dad, we're not doing any more of this. What are you going to do? Well, it's funny because the the next one, like the heavier one, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess my, my niece She's 10 and she's she started doing stage plays and stuff. And Dylan, the younger one, my my younger one, yeah. he's kind of like, eh. like he, he likes it. But I think he's not as into it for the long. The next one would be a, a, a big effort and a, a heavy effort. But the, uh, the the niece, she's like, what's it about? And I told her and she's like, oh, my God, that sounds awesome. So <laughs> it, it might turn out that. Brandon, my oldest, is going to be doing it with his cousin, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so expanding into the to the family. Yeah, the free <laughs> labor pool. Right. That's the <laughs> other benefit, dads and moms. <laughs> um, this is this has been a fantastic conversation. What else? Um, you know, I knew this was going to be an awesome conversation. I really, I really love this, um, what you did. And I know there's a lot of Thank parts you. to it. Um, I, I do want to, uh, give a shout out myself to your kids because, and I, you know, um, like I said, for them, like you were saying, actually, they're such a young age and what they did, what they accomplished was epic. Um, there are not many kids out there who will start a project like this and, huh, okay. There are adults. You and I both know there are many, many yeah. filmmakers out there who never complete <laughs> their yeah. films either, you know? Um, yeah. so for them, you know, um, my, my, you know, guys, I'll give you a voice award right now. You guys just <laughs> win for me. Um, but also your your wife. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I want you to give her the, the, a shout the out. Trooper. Yes, I want oh, you to give her a best. shout out. Well, she's the best. I mean, she put up with four years of this stuff. I mean, some of the episodes you'll see if you go back and watch Robot Attack episode. I think it's eighteen. That's when we finished filming. That's one of the better episodes because everything was going bad for months. And then everything all kind of came around. The kids are super happy. And she was there helping out with makeup on the last day. And it was like a big family event to get over the, the uh, finish line. But she's been super supportive. And I know it, it, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get done around the house, you know, because I'm, she, call, she calls the basement the tech trench. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, yep, yeah, down in the tech trench. And when I told her that about the 60-second challenge, she kind of – She's great because she could just roll her eyes and be like, why? You know, but she's just like she just knows it's a it's a weird thing I got to do. And she just goes, OK, um, see you next week. <laughs> you, know? you know, but she's a trooper. I mean, in one of the episodes, it's her birthday and we're filming. We're standing under the bridge. It was those shots where they find the uh, the sign blowing on the bridge. Yeah. 
Like that was her birthday. <laughs> and you see her sitting in the front of the car, just like, uh. <laughs> but she was so good. Four years of it. I mean, she'd come in my office at night and check on the shots and, and she's good too, because she would be like, that does not look great. You know? And I'd be looking at it for so long. I'm like, what do you think of this? And she's like, not good. I'm like, okay. You know, she's got good eyes. She can see the the bad matte lines and the bad composites. But uh, yeah, I'm a lucky man for sure. That's why I said in the credits, I'm like, it takes a special woman to put up with her grown up man child of a husband making believe on his computer for four years. Oh. <laughs> well, you are, you, you've got a wonderful family. Um, you know, they say, man. they say that it takes one to know one type thing. So I, I'm sure the four of you, I'm sure you've got friends who kind of go, my God, I know this really cool family. They make movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're a lot of fun. And, and this, this, this conversation has been a lot of fun too. When you get started working on your, your, your other, your next film, you, um, Let's do another, let's do another episode of these and, and, and oh, see where sure. the process is going to. Okay. For sure. It's fantastic. This was amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. I just know that I try to keep these to about an hour and we've gone over and that's okay. That's okay. You know, because. It's in post. Uh, well, the thing is like, I can't even think of anything I would want to leave out though. You know, <laughs> the entire conversation has been so epic. So I'm sure our listeners the ones that have stuck through are still listening are going, wait, wait. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get more of Brian uh, later. And um, also um, look on the show notes guys, because we're going to put the links to, to both of his videos run is only a minute. Um, it runs a minute, <laughs> runs a minute. <laughs> right? And the other one is robot attack. And that's going to be um, 11 and a half minutes, but, Guys, that's um, that's an epic film. It's an epic yeah. film, and your and your child actors were good actors right from the start, and they didn't even need to go to Hollywood for acting school. It's funny, I because of all the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, I just kind of just yeah, they're in the shot. They look sad. You know, okay, yeah, they're look, they're doing the thing. Okay, okay, is the background overexposed? Is this you know? I'm just doing, and it. It sounds dumb, but I didn't really realize how good they did until it was finished because you're looking at all the other pieces. And then when the YouTube comments started, I was worried that the YouTube comments are going to be like, these kids are ugly. These kids are stupid, you know, because YouTube comments are right. like that. Yeah. But it's been really good. You know, like we've there's lots of likes, very few dislikes. And, you know, so I let the kids read them and that's been fun. But a lot of them were like the kids, you, your kids did awesome. The kids, oh my God, this is good little actors. And it was, I had to like have people kind of tell me. And then I go back and I see, and when I saw it in the, the when we saw it in the, at the festival, yeah. you know, a lot of people were coming up to them and saying like, oh my God, you did such a good little job. Oh, was, and that was, that was cute. Aww. So yeah, well. it's, they're good at that age. They're like little puppets. You know, well, we we, tr we tried doing lines, but lines didn't work. So I'm like, okay, just look sad. No, sadder, right. sadder. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> you, you've got a picture in your gallery that broke my heart. This, uh, I think it's your youngest son. He's literally crying 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, these are real teeth. Not that, that, I mean, I know actors cry for real, but what was yeah. that? You have to explain that. <laughs> we went to, well, we were, we filmed, we kept going back to the same location. And uh, one day we left and, and we forgot, I had this old tripod and I, I forgot it. So we got home and we we're unpacking the van. I'm like, oh my God, where's the tripod? I'm like, oh, we left it. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's going to be cloudy tomorrow. We can go back and grab some more shots and we'll find the tripod. So when we got back to where we finished the day before, I guess some teenagers had found it and they just smashed it because that's what oh. teenagers do. And he was devastated. Oh. He was he was just devastated. So <laughs> I had the camera rolling, just shooting like the B-roll stuff for the episode at the moment he found it. And it was just, it's priceless. I'll send you, I'll show you, I'll send you the link yeah. to the moment he found it. And he, he, I think he walks away crying and he's like, I just don't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. I, I really, it broke my heart when I saw that. I'm like, I know he's not acting here. Uh, I, I need to ask uh, Brian about this because, you know, you put it there. So yeah. <laughs> we'll need to, we'll need to There's see that. So many great inside jokes from that whole experience. Like we still, to this day, we still use so many. The, the, the one time Brandon cut his hands when we were inside those buildings oh. and he got back to the van and he, uh, we, you know, the hand sanitizer. Yeah. So we had like a jelly. There's like, a, there's the spray one and then there's the jelly one. So he forgot he had cut his hand. So I said, which one do you want? He's like, give me the jelly. I love the jelly. <laughs> and he took the jelly and he rubbed it on his hands, forgetting they were all cut. And he just screamed <laughs> because this is all this <laughs> jelly gel is going into the cuts. Wow. So even to this day, like if someone if, if someone's having jello or something, yeah. he'll just say it from across the room. I love the jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, that's probably going to be one of the. <laughs> things that yeah, you'll always say people will go what the heck is that about <laughs> yeah, so many of them so many good well, times well i definitely um is, is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners who are dads um to to dads or or anyone who just wants to make something um yeah, i know it sounds so stupid but just do it <laughs> just just start doing it i mean the one thing I know for years of like sitting here with a hard drive full of ideas is that nothing happens with them. You know, you got to get stuff done and get it out. A few years ago, I started putting out like little animation things and I mean, not to get famous or to do it, just to get something go to meet other people. I mean, I'm talking to you now because of this short film. Yeah. You know, I met the people at other film festivals just because of this goofy little film. And it's just cool to get out of the basement and get stuff out there. And I mean, some of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to be bad, but uh, you just create opportunity by just getting out there. If you sit in your office and just do, you know, quote unquote tests, oh, I'm doing a test. Oh, I'm, I've got this idea. I'm, I'm writing a script. I'm doing that, but you, nothing ever gets finished. It's, it's pointless. It's just, you're just wasting time. You know, I think I, it, I know it's hard to finish stuff, but that was one. I think the best thing of Robot Attack was to actually just finish it. You know, there's a I there's think. a lot out there. There There's um there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of equipment and a lot of gear to test and play with. There's a lot of um, ideas that, you know, let me let me try this. Let me shoot this. But 
Yeah. Um, one of the things I see a lot of is a lot of just what I call B-roll because it, in the end, yeah. it's what it is. It's just clips. There, there are no stories. It's just clips. Look, I tried this with this gear. I tried it with that gear. And they're publishing that, but I don't see the films. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see more people going through and and actually like just grab it's like you said just do it just grab whatever you've got and do it and 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 make stories and get them into film festivals and and put them on i you know youtube or vimeo or your website or whatever you need to do because each time you actually complete something just like these kids have learned you you've got some self-confidence that you can put towards your you carry over into your next project and they get better each time right yeah you hope you hope so i mean some are going to be better but i it's funny because i was talking with my buddy the other day and he's like wow dude i can't believe you made robotics her uh, run in eight days (laughs) and i'm like yeah but it took me four years to learn how to do it in eight days Mm mm-hmm you know you, what I mean? You learned a lot with robot attack though. Yeah, but just all the things, all the mistakes, like four years of mistakes and nothing going right to when I got on set this time, being like, you know what, I'm gonna put the camera here. Don't let the kids stand there because that will save me a bunch of work in post. Little things like that that saved me, you know, hundreds of hours of work. Right. Yeah, that made it possible. But yeah, it's it it pains me to think I'm just at the beginning of another chapter. <laughs> There's so much to learn. I mean, it's good and it's bad. It's exciting because, you know, you get you get these things in your head and you get to get them out there and share them. But at the same time, you have to get them out. And it's that's so much work. And and the, and, and things are growing, too. You know, the, this whole industry is growing and things get better and the tools get better. And, you know, you can you can experiment forever, but you got to get yes. out there and just do something. You know, because yeah. that's when you do make serious mistakes and but you learn serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so three D is terrible for that because you know, new uh animation software will come out with a new version that's got like this really cool function. So you you download the new version, you open it and you do what's in the demo and you're like, awesome. And then you close the software. <laughs> and then true. you open it again and then you make so then you have a uh a desktop full of all these cool tests, <laughs> but it's like, eh. and that was the one thing that was cool about robot attack is like, I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to learn. And without the story, I just have a hard drive full of tech. I'd have a robot model that no one cares about. I'd have some cool particles or some shots, but if you don't have the kids in there and th- there's no contest, no story, no emotional involvement, it's just a bunch of tests like effects without a story. I don't know who said it, but an effects an effect without a story is a pretty boring thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Um, I I did graphics too for a living. It's one of the things mm-hmm. I did. And the one thing that people would say, "Well, can't can't I just get Photoshop and learn?" And I said, "No, you need you need a motive. You need a challenge. You need a project." Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then that's when you start searching and putting things together and wrecking your brain. How do I do this thing that I want to do? And that's when you figure it out because. You can't just get, you know, you open it up, you got your canvas thing and you're going, now what? You know, you can can play, you can test, you can experiment, but it's not until you have an actual challenge of a project. And your project, now that you've got a smartphone and a camera, 
can be your your film and you your own project. No one has to give it to you. You don't have to do, you don't have to stress over somebody else giving it to you. You can stress yourself out just like Brian did. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, you can. Very easily attainable stress. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I know I did. I hope Brian did too. I know you did. Fantastic. <laughs> and, um, and go to, um, go to our, um, medium, um, smartphone filmmaking publication where you get to read and see photos and get links there too. And for now, Brian, you want to say goodbye to everybody? Um, goodbye to everyone. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far. <laughs> Go make something. Go make something. Be happy. Oh yeah, keep it fun. That's the that's the biggest thing. I think true. if you're gonna do it, like you just try and keep it fun. It's easy for it to go off the rails and become work, but if it if it feels like work, then it's I don't think you're doing it right. It should stay fun as much as you can. I so wholeheartedly agree. And there, that was that was deep and wise. That was <laughs> And goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Take care.